This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Cortez Broughton. Hey, Cortez, what's up? How's it going, man? Appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's going good. And uh, the situation, everything going on right now in the world, just uh, try to stay positive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do your part and stay at home. So. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a crazy time. I think nobody experienced this yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is it's definitely something different. But, I mean, you just got to see the light and everything and make the most of I mean, every chance you have, opportunity you have. So. Yeah, I'm feeling like kind of positive about it because I feel like something like good's gonna come out of it. Like a lot of people are like helping out people that necessarily wouldn't be helping them out if this didn't happen. Um, yeah, that's I see that light. I definitely do, just because we're in a situation where it's it's nothing that we can really we can handle it, but at the same time, it's you know, we're we're responding, and yeah. it's the response that I mean is the biggest thing. And there's some. Uh, I like to tell people it's E plus R equals O. It's something I learned in college. It was event plus a uh, plus response equals your outcome. So reality is just, it's all about your response and what you can do determines the outcome. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, tell me about uh, what you just told me off off the phone a little bit when uh, you found out all about this. Um, so it was already happening in California. One of the first cases in California were kind of close to where I lived. Um, it's actually like. I stay in a high rise so you can see it out of the building, see where they lived out of that building. And um, you heard, I heard about it, but I'm like, ah, it's not that much. It's not that big of a deal. So then I ran into a situation. I leave for like two weeks. My plan was to be gone for like two and a half weeks because I was training out in California. So I was gone for two and a half weeks, flew home to Georgia first, and then I flew to Connecticut. I stayed at home for about a week, went to Robbins, Georgia. Flew to Connecticut um, for a charity event with JL Sports. Um, and my guy, Seth, too. So we ended up, uh, me and Seth uh, ended up flying a plane together while I flew the plane. He was in the back, so it was actually pretty fun. Um, then we, I trained up there for a little bit, flew to Ohio, wanted to finish my training up there for a couple of weeks. Um, then all of a sudden I ran into a situation where I called my trainer and I'm telling him about to head back. He's like, hey, hold off on, cancel that flight. And, um, try to figure out, we're trying to figure out what's going on and, if we're going to shut things down, if the governor's going to shut things down. So I ended up driving overnight this past this past Friday. Yeah, this past Friday into Saturday morning. So I drove eight hour, eight hour drive overnight to get back home. And um, now I'm here. So yeah. just working yeah. out, working out in the garage and getting, getting it moving. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, yeah, going back in time, uh, how'd you get involved playing football? Um, I always played when I was young. I played since I was was able to play. Um, I was always one of the bigger kids. But um, just I was playing. I was playing. My dad even told me one time because I started playing baseball as well. My dad was uh, told me that I even took off a year from football because I was just I just wasn't. I guess I it wasn't in my mindset at the time. And I was just playing baseball and playing baseball and um, just. But I jumped back into football and I just loved it ever since played multiple sports but um playing football is just something that it's you can't match that you can't match the intensity of it you can't match the physicality of it so that's something i just that's always stuck with me 
Yeah, and you mentioned uh, baseball, so I just found out that uh, you played in the Little League World Series. Actually, I remember looking at your Wikipedia page, and I saw uh, Warren Roberts, Georgia. I remember always seeing them in the Little League World Series, so now it all adds up. <laughs> so, yes, uh, 2007 was a team that won. We, I went in 2009. We lost in the semifinals to Chula Vista, California. Coincidence that I'm in California now playing ball, but um, just it was it was an amazing experience. And I mean, as a kid, you dream of it, but it's it's something that you just don't you can't match. You truly can't. And being that that young of an age, kids running up, you ask for your autograph. Hey, can I have your autograph? Can I have your autograph? I've signed so many balls in my lifetime. I feel like I'm just like my hands my hands can be broken, you know. So it's <clears throat> coming from a standpoint that. I mean, you really cherish those moments because it's like you never know when those moments are just going to go away. But at the same time, as a kid, you're looking up saying, hey, I want to be like this guy one day or, hey, I want to be here one day. So it was really – it was a it was a touching moment, but still, I mean, I was glad. I'm glad I got to do it. Blessed I had the opportunity to do it. And um, I would go back if I could. So. And who, who was on that team with you? Um, Justin Jones, he's in the minor league with the Angels right now. Um, one of my boys, Blake Jackson, uh, Connor Smith, uh, Spencer Sato is my catcher. Uh, all right, we had some good stories. His dad actually is one of my uh, Ken Sato, he's one of my uh, trainers for uh, baseball, and I've trained every single day. And I remember training with my father. We'd go out in the yard because he used to work the night shift, so we would go out in the yard after he woke up. In the morning during the summer, we just go hit wiffle balls. Go hit wiffle balls two, three times a day. I remember we'd go go out go out at night in the batting cages and turn the car lights on, and I got to hit the ball in the dark. So I'm like, and it was just the repetition and the training and the training. But it was something that I mean I couldn't. It taught me my work that work ethic today, and I mean, nothing's given to you, nothing's handed to you. You got to work for everything that you want. So. And then going into high school, did you play football and baseball? Uh, I did. I played football, baseball, and basketball. Or basketball and baseball. Um, I played um, all four years of football and basketball. I played baseball my ninth grade year. I wasn't going to play because I was done with it. I stopped playing in eighth grade. So after the World Series, I was like, all right. I ended up breaking my toe, my pinky toe. And I was like, because uh, I was outside in the yard, my mom always told me to put shoes on. <laughs> but we just play out because all our friends came over to our house and we play outside in the yard. And um, but I'm breaking my toe and I was just like, eh. Uh, but I, I mean, I, the love was the love is still there. But at the same time, I, my passion for playing football was just so much greater. And ninth grade came and I was like, okay, here we go. This is where. And then I, I played baseball just a little bit. Then I just fell off and I just stuck to football. So. Gotcha. And then, uh, yeah, coming out of high school, what was your recruiting process like? Um, I was only offered by two schools. Uh, one was Middle Tennessee State University. Um, well, D1 schools, yeah. um, Middle Tennessee State University. And the other one was um, University of Cincinnati. And with the University of Cincinnati, I never went on a camp. They came and were recruiting. Uh, they were recruiting the quarterback at the time, uh, Logan Bird. And they pulled up his iPad. Or the coach pulled up his iPad. And, put the camera on him and I saw the camera and I'm like, I didn't even know what the seat was. And I was like looking at it. I'm like, all right, it is what it is. And I just went off and just started, I went to start, start making plays. And all of a sudden they called me up and said, Hey, we got an offer for you. And 
I was like, all right, let's do it. I don't even know where, I didn't know where Cincinnati was. was at. So I was like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, Cincinnati. But then I went up on my official visit. It was amazing, beautiful. I'm t- this was like the, from my, I probably don't want to hear it from a coach's standpoint or from a parent's standpoint, but it was like the old the Blue Mountain State. I'm, a, I'm just like, wow, this is like you see on the, the Netflix show. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is what college is supposed to be like. This is crazy. <laughs> But at the same time, uh, I throttle back a lot on that, just to focus on what I need to focus on, not forgetting why I was why I was there and my ultimate goal. Because they gave me an offer and they rescinded the offer, and then they gave it back the day before signing day. And my dad told me he was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm not gonna hey, you, you do you go where you want to go. But if you go to Cincinnati, you gotta go up there with a fire because they already took the offer away and they gave it back. Not expecting you to have the ability or been able to put it that ability so, that was oh, so yeah so how did that happen why'd they take it away um it was a new coaching staff came in Tommy Tuberville came in with his staff and it was um I had an offer with the old staff but at the same time I'm still sitting here and I'm like ah, do we really want to offer this kid we don't even know who I mean, there's where the school I went to was Veterans High School it was a brand new high school and nobody really came out of there so it's like okay but and it just ran into a situation where they ended up giving it back and I made the most of that opportunity. So yeah, that I mean that's pretty crazy. And then uh yeah. what what was your overall experience like at Cincinnati? It was amazing. The people and I can I can to this day, people will always ask me, you know, it was just something that was unmatched. Um I ran into so many great people. Um I learned a lot. The 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 recruiting staff was amazing. Even though what happened, I still got to know them because it's, I mean, it's not on them. It's more of the coach's decision. Uh, coach Freakin coming in my last two years really changed the program around. Um, it was an amazing coach, his staff. I've had like four or five different position coaches in four or five years. So it's, it's it was something that could, I kind of stuck with me, but I grew, I had a relationship with each one of those coaches. And I took pieces from each one of those coaches and said, hey, and this might work for me. You know what? This is kind of working for me. And, and even if it was a mindset, even if it was a, a move on the field, it was a, a, a rep I could do on my own, which would translate to a move on the field. So it was just things that they taught me that I really just tried to grasp a little piece of knowledge because my dad always told me you can learn from anyone. So I took that knowledge and made something out of it. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like you said, you can learn from everyone. Everyone has their own story, so definitely learn from exactly, everyone for sure. Exactly. I got to ask um, you some questions about this, too. So. All right. Well, actually, that's usually my last question. I let someone ask me a question. Since I, okay. And so keep it in mind. Um, yeah, oh, what was I, I was going to say, um, oh, yeah, what was it like to be named captain of the team? Um. I didn't get into my senior year, so that's something I really had to work for. And every year, like, you want that. You want that, um, just for me, that, that role. Like you want that because you, you work for guys to look up to. You, you work for that. that um, and it's not just for them to look up to you, but it's that it's something that's innate in you to where it's like, hey, and I want this because I'm striving to be the best that I can be, but also lead guys the way I know they should be led. And not from my own understanding, but from my understanding of, how it should be done, how you believe in the process, whatever process you're doing, whatever coaching staff you're with, whatever players you're with, how you believe things should be done. And if you truly believe in what you believe, you, 
the opportunity shall let me present itself. And when it does, you have to grasp onto it. And when I got that role to be a captain, it was just something that kind of solidified, hey, my share here, I grinded to get to this point. And now I'm here. Now that I'm here, I'm not going to let this point just go away. I'm going to try to be the best captain I can be and be as transparent and as um, empathetic as I can be. Because everybody has a story. Everybody has some something they've been through. And when you, if you just go about life thinking about you and you are, if, and you're in a leadership role, you can't really guide those guys or other guys around you. I mean, everybody has different walks of life. And they all live with, lost both his parents. And to this day, he's one of my best friends. So. Yeah, and then what about, was there a moment while you were in college that, like, you can you knew you could go to the NFL? Um, I would never say it was a moment in college. It was something that I always knew. Um, I remember sitting in the garage. I was with my father. Uh, actually, he was sitting down. I was standing up. And he was like, hey, just focus on getting your degree. I'm like, all right, Dad, you're going to see one day I'm going to be in the league. And he just he said, just get your degree. And I was like, all right. But, you know, I had a chance to leave early, but I ended up staying. For one, because I ended up getting injured the year before, or that mm -hmm. same year, but I came back and played. But I was like, well, I could leave. And, I mean, where's the chance? But at the same time, I was like, you know what? Let's stay another year. Let's focus. My, my dad told me to get my degree, so I'm going to get my degree. And my mom. But um, that was really just something I was focusing on. I was like, you know what? I know I've known now I've always had this in me and it's like you can't tell somebody they can't do something yeah. you tell me if you tell me you can't do something I'm just going to sit here and be like because you have to believe you can do it that's the biggest thing so yeah and then what did it what did it mean to you to get your degree and what did you study uh, I studied project management, so operations management, uh, risk analysis. I mean, it meant a lot, but it's something that, I mean, school's never been like a, a hard thing for me. It's always love learning. Um, the biggest thing is that when you're in the class and you're in, you, know, you have those classes that are just like, okay. Like, and even, I mean, the college system to me is kind of different than it should be because you, know, you pay for college your first two years, you go through these, these two, uh, two years of just basic classes yeah. that aren't even in depth into your major. And it's like, I mean, I could be taking class. I could be way ahead, you know, I could be way ahead of where I'm at instead of having to pay two years. But that's just a whole different subject. But even within that, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I majored in what I majored in because it can go a long ways. And um, yeah, that's that. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I feel like I, I keep on having these conversations with all these athletes that I'm interviewing about college or just people in general. Uh -huh. Like, is it, is it worth it? Like, do, like just the schooling of it. And I think like over time college is going to change. And like you said, like the first two years is really, you're just taking the, the quote unquote, like you got to take them just to. Exactly. You know, just to pay the university. Back. So like imagine if we went to college and it was four years of what we did the last two years, like then that would be pretty interesting. Oh my gosh. And people will come out so far above where yeah. they're supposed to be. Instead of, all right, you know, let's take your undergrad. You get your undergrad. All right, let's pay another year or two years for your master's, hey. which you could have already gotten done. And I mean, the other, the two years that you left behind. And don't get me wrong, some, some classes mm -hmm. are necessary. But to me, other ones are like, hey, if this kid doesn't need to take this or doesn't want to take it, then don't force him to take something that is a, a prereq, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, 
and going into the draft, um, what was the what was the draft process like? The pre-draft process like for you? Uh, pre-draft process, I never really stressed about it. I never really because uh, to me, like even during the draft day, um, uh, dad went to work. Because like, uh, my dad gets more stressed out than I do. My dad went to work. Um, I would learn from my mom if you pray about it, don't worry about it. So my mom was sitting here watching TV and stuff. And I'm sitting right here in my back room just playing a game, playing video games, talking to my boys. And I'm on the phone on the Xbox with my boys, like, like, hey, aren't you supposed to be worried about the draft? I'm like, oh, let's just play the game, bro. Let's just have some fun. So, and, but the process before that is just, I mean, it is a grind, but it's not really a grind if you know what you love what you're doing. And you know the outcome, you know where you're going to be. And, and a lot of times you don't know, but at the same time, it's, it's assuming the best, prepare for the, the worst. But I wouldn't even call it the worst because the opportunities that we have are still, I mean, sought after. So people still seek after the opportunities that you have, no matter what it is. So it's, it's just you just got to see the light and everything that you have. And it's like, hey, you know what? If I go here, if I don't go here, I'm still going to go in and make something happen. So. Yeah, yeah, then what was it like getting that call uh, by the Chargers? Um, it's a real feeling. It truly is. Like, it, now that's a feeling that's that's uh, that's just different. I can't even I can't even find a word for it because the emotion you have coming throughout that, like you're sitting here and you 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 know the anticipation that you have is just sitting up. It's building. It's building. It's building. When that call to come, it's like okay. It's time, but you just have so much joy. And, and one of my te- uh, teammates I got drafted the year before, Corey Cunningham, he was explaining to me, he was like, I'm telling you, that call is just different. Like, that feeling is a feeling that you can't, you can't really, you can't compare it to anything. So that was that. And wh- like, who, who called you from the Chargers and like, what they, like, what they say? Uh, so it was uh, Coach Land and uh, the GM, Tom Telesco. So they were just like, hey, uh, Cortez, this is uh, Tom Telesco with the 242nd pick in the NFL draft. I believe that's it. I don't really like to sit on numbers too much, but it was like, uh, is LA Chargers going to take it? I was like, I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is it. So I was like, yes, sir. Sounds good. And then I just went from there. Then I got like seven, eight other calls trying to do interviews. They're doing a, like a press conference interview. They're all sitting in the room and I'm on the phone just responding to their questions that they're asking. So it was it was cool. It truly was. So And then did you immediately fly out there? Um I flew out the following week. Okay. Uh I flew out the following week just getting ready for OTAs and stuff like that. And um as far as that was just it was just like, all right, just prepping to get ready and move out there. So that was the biggest thing. And finally got to come back home and patch stuff up and really just send it out. So really just be at, be at home. Yeah, then what, what was the transition like, um, like moving from, you know, Cincinnati and Georgia to L.A.? Um, I feel like Cincinnati somewhat prepared me. Uh, uh-huh. And, you know, we're not in, supposedly in L.A. We're in Orange County, so Orange County yeah. charges is what <laughs> people like to say. But uh, Orange County is it's expensive, I'll tell you yeah. that. Uh, that's why I like being back home in Georgia. It brings a lot to you, uh, as my agent always tells me, uh, I got alligator arms. So it's so funny. It's funny that he said it, but I, when he was the first, he's an older guy, uh, Joe Linton. He said it, and I just couldn't stop laughing. Cause, and uh, I just like to be smart with my uh, expenses. But um, 
just it was it was nice. It was it was different though because you're coming from the country and two hours south of Atlanta and we don't even have dirt. Uh, make jokes with one of my coaches that we coached too. So it ain't even dirt over there. It's clay. You, know, you got clay roads. So I was like, um, so it's it's a lot different. I remember driving up that first drive, eight and a half hour drive, taking my stuff up there to go to Cincinnati. And it was just, I mean, you have the city, it's beautiful. I mean, you drive through Newport, you have the Ohio River, and then you go into Cincinnati and you see you know, great American buildings standing tall. And um, especially at night, beautiful, it's so beautiful. There's like four bridges going across, um, People's Bridge, uh, one of the, I'm trying to think the other three, I can't even think of the names of them, but it's, it's, I just came back from there and I, I went on a run with one of my boys, and my old teammates, Kevin Muhan. And um, we were just running, running through the park and sprinting, doing like long runs. And it was, it was definitely missed. But going out to California, it was, now that's just unmatched. You go down to um, Laguna Beach, you got the, the nicest beaches there. It's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It truly is beautiful. And, um, definitely a place I could call home. So, yeah. So then take me through. Uh starting out with the Chargers, I know you were a seventh-round pick, so I'm assuming you had to, like, earn it and make the team, right? Uh, yeah, I would – you know, everybody has to make the team every year. So, it's yeah. it comes to a point where I was just like, hey, I'm just going to go in here and do my best, and mm-hmm. it is what it is. And, and that's what I did, and just and really focusing, knowing what you have to do. That's the biggest thing is no mental errors. And you mentally can know everything that you need to know, it sets you it sets you apart because I mean, it's all a mental game. If you know where you need to be, know how you need to do it, know when you need to do it, or whatever you need to do at that time, it's like, okay, on the field and off the field, that sets you apart. Taking care of your body, that's another thing. And I had a lot of um, – I learned from my older vet, uh, Brandon Eubane. I learned from um, just everybody. I mean, Melvin Ingram, you just – Joey, you sit here and you just take, take pieces, take pieces, like, okay. Um, and that's the biggest thing. It was crazy because one of my coaches played with Brandon Eubane, um, or played development guy at the time. He's a D-line coach at Cincinnati now, Greg Scruggs, played with Brandon Eubane. So it was already a connection there before I even got there. And then one of my D-line coaches knew, knew my DB coach. So it was just, and there's, it's all, there's always connection intertwined in there somehow. So. Yeah, so you uh, so, made you made the fifty-three man roster, and what what was it like to play in your first NFL game? Uh, the first game I played was uh, against the Dolphins. I only had three, I had three snaps. Going third play, I think I made a tackle. So I was like, and my assistant head coach was like, "Hey, when you get in, make a play now." So I was like, "You know what? All right, let's do it." So there's three plays, and so then next time I had to get in and play against the Titans, and one of our guys went down. Two of our guys were actually hurt, and um. So I knew I had to play. I had like 18 snaps. I was just, but I made the most of every opportunity I had. I was just like, you know what? I mean, this is, and I knew I wasn't going to play. I knew I was going to play that year, but at the same time, I didn't know how much. And I knew I had an older guy in front of me. So I just made the most of every opportunity I was given and just kept getting after it, kept getting after it. And you never know in life, like, what the outcome is going to be. But it's always about your response. So. Yeah, and then overall, how would you say your uh, rookie season was? Um, you know, I would say it was really good. And I never go back in time and say, hey, I mean, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. 
because you learn from everything that you do, good or bad. And, and if I go back and try to change something, then I might miss a learning opportunity that I won't know further down the road in a, in a bigger, um, in a bigger moment, I would say. Not even a bigger moment, because every moment is a big moment, but in a, in a different, different atmosphere, I would say. And with that, it's like, I mean, I really enjoyed this past season. I can't wait for this next season to come up. Yeah, uh, even after all this coronavirus, COVID-19, just I mean, you, the first thing you want uh, is everybody to be safe and everybody to be, you take the right protocols to need to be taken. But I mean, enough for the political standpoint. Just, um, it's really just, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, what are, what are your goals for the 2020 season? Um, people always ask me about goals and for me and my goals is, I mean, I, I live life like no other, you know, I just, I mean, you can, and no, not people who set goals, but for me, it's that, I mean, every day I'll just come out here and I, I don't know, I don't really set goals. And if I do, it's something that I wouldn't even consider a goal because I mean, a lot of times people hit goals, it's like, all right, I'm done. Or, all right. I got here. But for me, it's just a continuous process. Like, hey, you know what? This is next, and that's it. So, keep yeah, going until I can't go anymore. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you on that. And uh, yeah, what about what about your team? Like, how you how you feeling about um, you guys are gonna have a new quarterback? Um, I love Philip. Don't get me wrong, I truly do. Philip's a great guy. I remember the first, uh, second game of the season. He was, hey Cortez, guess what? Guess what? I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like what? I'm like what? And he was like, just guess, just guess. Guess what? I'm, like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, what is he talking about? And he's like, we got the early game because we're always in California. So he was just screaming around the locker room. I'm like, and he's an amazing person. I'm glad he's uh, found the team out there in uh, Indianapolis with the Colts. Frank Reich. I remember sitting down eating dinner with him. But um, just it's gonna it's gonna be fun. And I mean. I, Seen Tyrod play my whole life and played again. Played with him on Madden before I even met him. So, you know, that was probably like seven years ago. But just, um, I mean, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we're making a lot of big moves, a lot of uh, good guys coming in, guys that you, you've heard of, guys that you heard around the league. Now it's just making that chemistry because you can, you can stack an all star team, but now you got to have the chemistry. And that's the biggest thing is I mean, everybody has to come in and do their role. My biggest thing is play my role, do what I need to do, and go about go about my way. So, yeah, definitely. What what advice would you give to a young player, or a young uh, football player? Um, my advice would be, and many people are going to sit here and try to change who you are, or try to change you as a person, but just be yourself. Like that's the most genuine thing I could say. Just be yourself because. Everybody's going to tell you, oh, work hard, do all this. Be yourself. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. And if you want to do what's right, do what's right. If you want to do what's wrong, talk yourself into doing what's right. It's, it's, if life comes down to that, it's being that simplistic, I would say. It's because if you try to change yourself for someone else, you're not going to be happy. You know, life is about you being happy. So find the things that make you happy in life. If it's your family, it's you know, try to help others. But at the same time, it's you have to be happy because you can't go through this life dreading life. And you only get one of them. So, 
right, are you ready for some fun questions? They're gonna go from average to savage. <clears throat> average to savage, okay. I told South I was never average, so I'm just messing with you. So, uh, yeah, what, yeah, what's, your, what's your favorite song right now? Favorite song, ooh. Hmm. All right, let's do this. Uh, Elton John, Rocket Man. All right, that was that was different. Yeah. See. <laughs> what about uh, who was your who was your favorite baseball player growing up, and who was your favorite football player growing up? Uh, right, favorite baseball player, favorite football player. That's a great question. I didn't really watch football growing up that much. I watched it because my dad loved it. He had uh, from Michigan, and uh, he's from Michigan, from California. Grew up in Michigan. And he was a big Wolverines fan. Let's say, um, I would say Vic. I'd definitely say Vic. Were you a Falcons fan growing up? No, I see it because I never really watched football. I only watched oh, college, yeah. and that was only Are Michigan. Crazy. So I wanted to go, but um. Mm, not really. Baseball is not that fun to watch. It is fun to play, but only until you get to those playoff games. It's like, okay. But when unless the big hitters come up and I'm not sitting looking, I'll look at the screen now. But I, mean, I play sports my whole life, so it's like, okay, let me sit here watching sports. It's kind of repetitive. It's a redundant. I'm just sitting here. Okay. Uh, so, but I love to play it. Don't get me wrong. Gotcha. Are you, uh, you, you a gamer? Oh come on now! Yeah, now we're talking. What do you? <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> what are you? What are you playing right now? Um, I play a little bit of everything. Obviously, this Warzone that just came out is yeah. been a better concept than the last one, which I believe. Um, there's actually a gaming place down the street from me up in Orange County. My guy Hong, um, he's a oh, great dude. He's going to teach me how to play PC. I play on Xbox on my PC monitor. I haven't switched to PC yet, but. I, you can add a controller or whatever. But um, anyways, back to what I play. Um, you know, Warzone, Call of Duty, um, PUBG. I mean, I can play any sports game, obviously. NHL, 2K, NFL, or uh, Madden. Um, I can go on for days. Yeah. I don't think what else. What do you play? Like, it's funny that you said that because uh, I don't even, like, watch hockey, but, like, NHL is probably one of my favorite games. Oh, my God. So I played NHL for the first time, and I beat my friend, and he got so upset. And I was like, I told you, I'm just a gamer, man. Yeah, but it's NHL is actually a fun game. Yeah. We got to play one day. We definitely got to play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I haven't even been playing that much uh, lately, but um, I don't know. It was just like way more fun when I was in college, and then everyone was just like – Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Exactly. And they were just everybody just come over yeah. and play it. That's, it. That's so true. <laughs> Uh, I think we kind of answered this one. What do, you, what do you like to do in your free time besides that? Um, my free time, really just hang out with friends because I feel like life is should be done by yourself. And, and a lot of times people say, hey, well, and I really I grew up by myself. I was on my own. But at the same time, it's about the people you empower next to you, people that you just I mean, you truly trust. And my biggest thing is just having good people around me because you never know what's going to happen or who's going to be there when you need them. And if you have no one, then you're all you have. So it's like, and obviously I, I have God as well, but at the same time, I love to have you know, a good group of friends and like a, a positive mindset and a positive vibe around me because it goes a long ways. 
And who who would you want to do a jersey exchange with? Who would I want to do a jersey exchange with? Hmm. It's a great question. Hey. Nobody really, to be honest. You know, I like my jersey, so it's like <laughs> now if somebody offers, I'm like, yeah, of course, but it's not like I'm well just running out to, hey, can you take this and give me for me it's just that like I said, I never grew up like like idolizing other sports players, idolizing you know, idolizing the guys. So it's to me it's like I'm just Somebody wants to change jerseys, and we'll change them. But as far as that, like, especially my teammates, like the guys I played with before, like, I, yeah. that's a no-brainer. But I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not one of those guys that are just like, oh yeah, this is who. Like you know, <laughs> it's just it is what it is. I got you. Uh, so the final question is the one that I said before, so you can ask me a question now. Probably more than one question. So I could ask a simple one like, "What got you into this?" Uh, what did get you into this? To podcasting. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I have my own brand, PG Sports, and then uh, just utilizing my connections more. I and I liked listening to podcasts, so then I started okay. doing podcasts about two years ago. Actually, it was two years ago yesterday, or two days ago. So that was cool. And um, I don't yeah, know. I was like, I was like. I think I always like uh, like I feel like every time I listen to a podcast or even when I do these I feel just more motivated even though I'm not like unmotivated but feel more motivated just right stories. It's true though, and I like that's actually that's actually eye opening as well. Who is your favorite person to listen to on podcast? Like Joe Rogan or is it like a? Uh, I, see, all right, so I'm like so I grew I'm, I grew up a Yankees fan too, and everyone always liked Jeter. And I, okay, and I was like. No, nah, like Jeter's not my favorite player. Like I'd go with the Who's your favorite player? the underdog guy. Like I liked uh, like Chuck Knobloch, Alfonso Soriano, like old guys. Like oh, that. no, Robinson Cano, nothing like that. You know? nah, I don't like Robinson Cano either. <laughs> well, what? I like, oh, come on! I was a Yankees <laughs> fan. So that's one game I I used to play a lot, and that was because I played baseball, and all we did was play NCAA and like uh, MLB. Mm-hmm. So I had every MLB game growing up. And that's one game that I truly love playing. And like Robinson Cano came with the bat. Oh. People were unexpected. Well, unexpected. Wait, you have Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. Yeah, yeah that's why I, I need the MLB game uh-huh. to for Xbox. Yeah, but that's the thing. So I had PlayStation my whole life growing up. So yeah. uh, me having a PlayStation was like, okay. I, it's And it was free, the PSN. The, the internet was free. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, oh, it's, yeah. My mom was yeah. like, as soon as I say, oh, I'm switch to Xbox, you're like, I'm not paying for you to have internet to play a game. Are you serious? And that's back when it was first started. So I was like, are you serious? I'm not doing that. I was like, oh. So I started the PlayStation since it was free. But, yeah, MLB is, that's a game like that. I, to this day, I'll sit down and play it. So. Yeah. I remember playing the N64 version. I think it was all, I think it was all-star baseball. And you used to be able okay. to, like, you used to go back and forth with them, and, like, you could seal the base if you, like, right. timed it right. Exactly. <laughs> So right over here, I have like the the old PlayStation Nintendo 64 and Atari. Um, like literally just packed up in the bag right over here. I need to take them out so I can um, basically just organize it. But yeah, that's... I mean, if we, if we want to throw it back, like I'm like a I'm like a Nintendo guy first. So okay. like, I, I no, think did you... I think GameCube was like the best. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> what I was gonna ask. GameCube, GameCube was it? That's a different generation. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, it's just a different generation in games because it's like, and that's when you had your Zeldas, you had your, 
Like my brother used to play Zelda, like because I can never beat the levels. But yeah. my oldest brother, Zelda's hard. I was just why. Exactly. <laughs> my brother, I would just watch him, and I'm like, dude, you're like a mastermind. Are you serious? Like, and it was just something that I would love watching because it's something that I couldn't do. Like, and then one of my favorite sports, soccer. This is something I couldn't. Yeah. I can't. You know how hard it is. I mean, people already can already can't shoot a basketball into a goal or hoop or a goal or what you want to call it. But kicking a ball into a net, come on now, that's that's impressive. That is impressive. Uh, yeah. Back to uh, answering your question, I don't actually. It's funny. I don't even think I was listening to really podcasts. It was more just like always watching interviews on YouTube than podcasts. Okay. Kind of thing. So then I uh, just started doing it. Um, I. I I mean, at first, I remember I didn't even write questions down. Then I went back to not writing questions down. Like, I didn't write down any questions for this one besides, like, the fun ones because it's right. standard. And um, right. just because I'm trying to play it out, so it turns out to like this, and it's a conversation. I like that. That's, now, that's now I'm doing more of this stuff. Like, I did one in-person one, and this is my second interview where I did the video. So now I'm getting more. I just keep on going, okay. progressing. And if you check out the Instagram, like it was just a picture at first. Then it was a picture with the audio clip. And now it's a picture with the audio clip and then a video of the person too, of like their highlights. So you'll see that's it once, once I come out with yours, you'll see it. Oh, that'd be sweet, dude. That'd be sweet. All right. Well, thank I you so it. much for having me. Huh? I said thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can find you on social media? Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh I don't remember my Instagram name. Uh, Cortano96, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. We don't get on much. Um, TezB96 on Twitter. And then um, that's it. That's all I got for you. So. I appreciate it.